keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I am here with Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scott Champlow. Scott Ch- I don't know why I mispronounced what? your name. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, Scott Chaplin. Uh, Robert is not here today. He is at Disney with his kids. So uh, he will be, uh, at the end of this episode, he recorded something special for all you guys. We assume it's a 27-minute suicide note, but... Scott, how are you doing? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Sad news in wrestling this week. Um, we'll get to what we're doing, you know, in the next coming weeks. But uh, you know, I mean, we the wrestling world lost uh lost somebody who was it, it seems like he was almost as beloved as as Brody, you know, like the, the stories that are coming out uh from this. And of course, I'm talking about Jay Briscoe. Uh, died at 38 years old um today i i watched the i mean i had it on background the uh the the ladder war he had with with his brother against steen and generico which is just fantastic dog collar match which is just fantastic um it just seems like this was a real this was a real rough one and you know aw wasn't able to kind of broadcast a tribute a proper tribute because of his comments from like 10 years ago which by every report he's kind of made amends for. So I think like they should kind of like get over that. Um, I mean, it was a shitty tweet. Don't get me wrong. It was a terrible tweet, but it's also like, come on guys. At what point, like, you know, he, he didn't actually do this, you know? Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, the tweet thing is ridiculous, especially after what happened, you know, I mean, he's got a kid that we don't even know, you know, exactly what's going on with yeah, her. I mean, all, all we can all do I is, know is from know. the observer. And apparently, you know, she went into surgery today, but she was not able to move from the waist down. Okay. okay. That was the yeah. last thing that I heard. Um, and I don't know anything about the other kid. <clears throat> yeah, man, I was, I'm, I'm super disappointed about, you know, whether it's WB's decision or, uh, you know, because this rumor as of now, right? WB hasn't said anything. Um, or, or it's Tony. gotta be them because I mean, Tony wanted to do it, you know. Well, I mean, Tony did that that tribute. I guess it was an hour long. They filmed some matches, right? Um, mm-hmm. it was a Ring of Honor setup, and it'll be free for Ring of Honor. Um, I think the thing about Jay Briscoe, I mean, the Briscoes, you know, um, is they are one of the most influential not just teams, but, you know, wrestlers, right? Um, in years, right? I mean, the Usos are just, at first, they were the Briscoes, you know, the Usos so just acted talk, like the I guess the top 10 tag teams in the last... I think the Briscoes are an all-time tag 15, team. Right? 20, yeah, the top, I mean, it's I got, think... you know, Briscoes, New Day, Usos, Bucks, um, FTR, like, yeah, like yeah, those are the five that pop into my head. Those are the top five, you know? 
Sure. And now, and now think of influential, right. Um, and, and it's, I think the Briscoes and the Bucks influenced everybody. Right. And, um, and the Briscoe, I mean, who, who are more legit wrestlers than the Briscoes, right. In terms of, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, they had the thing that Brock has, right. Where you, you walk into the ring and you're like, Oh, I believe these guys are ass kickers. Yeah, I believe this is a fight that's about to happen. I've never seen a promo of theirs that I didn't love, like that didn't knock yeah. it out of the park. And and I'm talking like since I seen the Briscoes, they haven't sucked, you know, right? I mean, they started underage, right? He had to like sneak into shows and shit in certain states under a mask, I think. In like Pennsylvania, he'd wrestle on, you know, him and his brother would wrestle yeah. in a mask. Like these are guys that have been around for a long time. They're they're definitely on the Mount Rushmore of Ring of Honor. Um, I think they are Ring of Honor's like, tag uh, team. I think it's the Briscoes, uh, even more than the Bucks. It's the Briscoes are Ring of Honor. I mean, and then oh, they're definitely Ring of Honor more than the Bucks. To, to you know, especially the last year, which it's like how unfair, right? Tony signs them; he wants to be able to use them, and you can only use them on Ring of Honor because of this this tweet, which is so so damn. Well, it's it's, all, it's also you and I have been, and, and everyone on the pop, obviously Robert, but you you and I who are who are who are like lovers of work rate have been like very critical of these Ring of Honor shows where you're kind of like, well, why are these happening? It doesn't. But the only thing that has been consistently great was like every FTR Briscoes match, like even when we were like, what the fuck is going on with this company? Those guys. We're like it's almost like in WrestleMania 25 that like sucked. Besides the Shawn Michaels Undertaker match, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you have FTR and Briscoes. They're almost away from all the convoluted booking of Tony because of how talented these guys are. Oh no doubt, and I, I think both teams this year were you know FTR being punished for whatever the fuck was going on at that time. Um, that they weren't putting on, you know, being put on TV, and then the Briscoes having to deal with, you know, the BS reasons they weren't able to sign with AEW off the bat. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a really that was a really tough year for I think those four guys, and the matches they had were amazing. Amazing, um, you know, like we think about it for the dog collar match, they had to have the Gun Club do the promo. Yeah, 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 man, it's really. It's just lame and 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 unfortunate because you know he uh, he did make his apology and it seems like he did live his life um with love you know like apparently amends like he like like really like asked for guidance after that you know which is yeah you know I mean similar to I mean you know probably very similar to the Michael Richards thing you know um well I mean you know Tracy Morgan said a thing on stage like that right, right that exactly the same his thing. son. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, gosh, Tracy Morgan is, um, he's on red carpets and shit, you know? So it's like, why, why exactly did this, uh, why, why does this guy not get the, you know, cause it, it did affect my viewing of dynamite too, unfortunately, where you're like, such a huge influence and by all accounts, such a great guy, um, that you go, do you just say fuck WB and you you do what you want? You know, I mean, I know guys wore armbands, and I know, look, look, they're Ring of Honor. Briscoes are the Ring of Honor tag team champions, so at some point they're going to have to address that, and I hope do 
you know, there needs to be more tribute shows down the line. Like this isn't, there needs to be a yearly situation going on for this guy. Um, we're looking at something where we're going to ha possibly have to have benefits for his child, whatever's going on with her. Um, yeah. and, and, and in the future, you know, if this is something that's going to last for a long time or God forbid forever, um, they need to take care of this family. And I'm sure he will. I just think it really sucks that it couldn't have been um, on TBS and then slap boxing got to be on right after, you know, Dana's all over that show. Yeah. Oh, he's all over it. Right. I mean, they're I constantly cutting to his reactions. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we, we were going to do it for a Patreon and I, and I ended up say, you know, I ended up being like, but really I don't want to do it now because there's just not a lot of meat on the bone. I'm like, this is like a 10 minute thing that should be on YouTube. And instead they're stretching this shit. Yeah, yeah, and and you brought up um, if you want to go into it, some of the Chris Nowinski tweets about about the slap fighting, which I mean, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You know, Nowinski has been saying, "Hey, unprotected fucking." Essentially, it's an unprotected headshot, right? Yeah, it's yeah, an open palm. Yes, you're probably not going to die, but it's but but then we see you know guys getting laid out, and they you know, and they're convulsing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's like textbook cte warning stuff and uh you know and then you have a guy who is promoting this who was just caught hitting his wife in vegas and look i mean you know she did hit him first they were drunk whatever i don't think i, I don't think that you know he necessarily should be excommunicated for that but it, it's pretty crazy that you had something that he did physically a month ago and he's still on tv but you can't mention, you know, you can, you can only mention the Briscoes in passing on AEW from yeah. a tweet from 10 years ago. And I mean, Jesus, man, I mean, how many of us have deleted tweets that we that were like, oh, well, this was probably not. Yeah. What type of silly horseshit was I thinking, you know? Um, but yeah, man, his brother, I mean, I hope his brother gets to to work forever. I hope he can, you know, get through this the best way he can. Um, obviously his wife, his kids, just everybody. Um, even like, you know, I was thinking in terms of a tribute last night, I was like, well, you know, his brother can't be there. Right. That's, that's too much. And FTR's on their break. And I don't know if, um, one of them is hurt, right. One of them has like an ass injury. Uh, but Dax, you go, I mean, we watched that Russell King. Dax looks hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you go, I'd want those guys at a, at a tribute show, you know, so maybe it does need to be down the line, but the WB thing, um, Tony maybe not pushing a little harder. I don't know. Um, it's just yeah. This week, you know, watch uh, watch some Jay Briscoe matches, man. Not not just with his brother Mark, which they're amazing. I mean, I don't think they've had a bad match, you know, but they've definitely had some of the the best tag matches ever. Um, but also his single stuff in Ring of Honor, man. I mean. Yeah, man, he's got he's got a match with Joe in Ring of Honor that I remember, you know, blew my mind. He he became Ring of Honor champion at one point. So good time. just an all around awesome talent. And um, and I'll even say this since we talk about uh beautiful wrestlers. I think Jay Briscoe was beautiful, man. Like, you know, if if it, you know, you, you let that landscaper take a shower. I mean, what eyes, you know? <laughs> Seriously, the I mean, eyes on that look, guy. Compared to his gorgeous. brother. For sure, <laughs> you know. I, I really want you to look at a picture of him again, and 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 no, I, I think he's a gorgeous guy. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it just sucks. Uh, everybody could, you know, the WWE wanted to sign them, and those tweets a long time ago prevented them from being able to 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 sign them. Um, he is somebody that 
you know, could have, should have worked forever um, because he had so much to give to the business and he did give so much to the business. There's so many he guys that owe the, the, you know the I mean? Briscoes. Yeah, his no, he is a good looking guy. His 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 brother, unfortunately, uh, kind of got the short end of the stick on. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got to fix his teeth and stand a little taller, you know. I mean, you know, it, even face. I mean, it look it's like Devito and Schwarzenegger, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they had a style where you're right. They could have been Terry Funk working into their sixties, you know. Um, yeah, every match felt legit, like you said with the Brock thing. Um, you know, so many people coming out saying they want to be here without them. So many WWE guys coming out saying that they couldn't, um, you know, they wouldn't be where Sammy they are without them. Something. Sammy, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. I know I saw I saw Kevin Owens' family um, donated 10000 to his family. Each uh, Nick, donated ten, Nick Jackson uh, Nick donated 10000 Match Jackson donated 10000 Um And I'm sure more and more, you know. Um, probably privately and on the side. I mean, you know, these wrestlers loved these guys, and uh, I, 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 I assume that if Tony doesn't take care, if someone doesn't take care, uh, they will. I, I think you know. I think the thing that gets so frustrating about Tony is that he opens his mouth, and 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 what you know, we just talked about that 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 dumb tweet he had last week where he was like, "Oh, wrestlers are being nice to me, man." Like he opens his mouth on all these things he shouldn't open his mouth about. And then when something you you really need to take a stand for something or you need to explain something that happened, he's all of a sudden, you know, Homer Simpson in the bush, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point you got to put your foot, you got to be, I don't want to say put your foot down, but you as a business owner have to be like, Hey, look, I have this tag team signed. They're one of the greatest tag teams ever. I understand you have issue, but like, you got to be able to fight. And maybe he was fighting them and um, to no avail, but something in me tells me that he could have fought harder and maybe that's shitty of me to say. And that's why I do want to just focus on being like, Oh, donate to the GoFundMe. If you can um, watch yeah. Briscoe matches, if you can, if they do have a memorial thing in the future, if they start selling a t-shirt in the future, which I'm sure they will at pro wrestling tees, you know, buy it do all that stuff um yeah i mean you know they what they canceled school the next day right for that yeah, uh, i guess he's a he was a, a football coach for the community very tight with the community it just seems like and a legit landscaper man like actually um did you see matt hardy uh you know when they were feuding matt hardy was like oh i can also you know cut grass and and wrestle or whatever the hell and you know matt hardy is barely um weed whacking so then jay briscoe posts this video of being like an expert weed whacker like uh you know someone could post that clip on tiktok and be like look how good this guy is at making a line weed whacking um so it's just so cool that he's like legit a family man i mean he really was a landscaping guy you know didn't want to join nxt because uh did, did because, they get offered? And apparently it's he said I, I can make more money landscaping. So he didn't join NXT, you know. <clears throat> uh years back. And then I guess, you know, the tweets also bothered them when they were gonna eventually go to the, the main roster at some point. I don't know, but you know, that's a guy even in the future, he could have been a trainer forever. And um I hope his brother is able to I don't know, 
I don't know, just have a career. You know, you don't want to sit here and like book a guy and go give him a singles career and let this happen. But like, I hope he's able to make money without his brother because they were a duo and they did travel the world as the Briscoe brothers. And I just hope he can continue having his love for wrestling, which was so obvious, you know, um, who love pro wrestling more than, than the Briscoes, right? There, there's few others. You can just tell. No, it's, and I was thinking today too, he's in a lot of ways, you know, it was like the opposite of Hogish, you know, like I'm doing this for the love instead of the paycheck sort of thing. And 100%. And, and, and that's the other thing, right? Mark probably could have, you know, Mark didn't have those tweets. He could have left and it's just where the Briscoes. And also it's not just where the Briscoes, it's like, um, it's not even so much of a hard stance to take, to be like, you know, what my brother did, he has apologized for, and we all need to get a fucking grip you know and um unfortunately it's you know too late for that and so what we can do now is is forgive now because you should have forgiven pretty fucking immediately and um you know let's take care of his kids let's uh let's take care of his wife let's watch briscoe matches and really let's give them the credit they deserve and i think that's why dynamite was such a bummer and again it might be out of aw's hand but when i say the credit he deserves i mean like you know, Brody was an influence on a lot of guys, and, you know, Brody got his tribute. I think the Briscoe brothers are, you know, if the Bucks are influential, the Briscoe brothers are influential, you know. So they deserve a lot from a lot of people. And the boys know that. And the boys, I'm sure they'll figure out things to do in the future because uh, what an impact they made on, on pro wrestling, you know. I'm sure. I, I don't I, know. I love Luke Harper, and, you know, I love – you know, I love I love Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan's fine, but you know, it is interesting. Like those guys tower over those dudes, but the Briscoes seem more legit in that, like, hey, backwoods, you know, like we're gonna take you to the limit sort of way. Yeah. In a way that, you know. I mean, imagine if Great Kali could work in a weird way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you look at Great Kali and you're like, holy shit, that looks different. <laughs> and then you know he tries to work and you're like all right i feel sorry for him it seems like we're in a documentary about gigantism now but um you know like you know and, and i think that they had that they had that look of like holy shit this is different you know oh yeah yeah well i'm sure we'll hear more about who exactly held off on allowing a full tribute um you know i also read the the match lineup and the results for the um the ring of honor tribute and you know, they, they got to do more than that, too, in my opinion, because, you know, pe- more people need to uh, be able to organize and fly out. And right now they're with their families, you know, uh, which is definitely most important. I mean, Robert's at Disney right now. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the main takeaway. Hang out with your fucking families. Yeah, I'm sure he's like breaking down why Mrs. Toad's wild ride isn't as wild as they say it is. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> like, well they didn't build it right um <laughs> yeah I, I it's uh it's very sad and i mean i think we could use this now to transition to talking about dynamite dynamite or dud you know i even taking the briscoe i'm gonna just take the briscoes out i did not like the show for a lot of reasons really okay i, I didn't for a lot of reasons um t- so taking that out i'm not even gonna like talk about like oh whether or not the briscoe stuff should have been in or not in that 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 wasn't you know that wasn't even something i bumped on compared to some of the other stuff but let's get into it um 
hour one jay lethal versus orange cassidy uh a segment with the gun club and the acclaimed adam hangman page backstage which i thought was the best part of the hour ricky starks versus jake hager and then a backstage uh danny garcia sammy Guevara, jericho segment where sammy got danny new gear uh what did you th- what did you think of this first day <laughs> scott um you know, opening with the J, the J, um, I, I would have liked a 10 bell salute, but again, I guess this was prohibited or some shit. I don't really know. Um, have they done a 10 bell? Did they do it for Brody? I think they did, but maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe that's a WWE thing. I, I do right. not, I, I do not know. Um, but you know, the graphic was nice. I, I was expecting, you know, a little more. And so when I didn't get that, I was bummed out. Um, they opened with like a, you know, a comedy match. And at first I was like, well, I'm, you know, the wrestling world is mourning right now. Why are we getting a comedy match? And then the crowd was so damn in love with it. And I was like, oh, is that, you know, the intention? Put this on first, let people have fun. Remember that wrestling is fun and not be so, so bummed out right now. I mean, look, I think it's super cheesy and corny. And like, I, I roll my eyes at a lot of it. Right. Um, Jarrett has been working, right? Like we uh, hate him. Well, no, listen, listen, we hate him. But the crowd's like going crazy. Well, I will say this about Jarrett. Uh Rampage dipped when he wasn't on it this week. That's hilarious. But so but, he um, did bring eyes to Rampage. I just think it's dude, I just think it's a bad look to have that whole Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, Jarrett, Lethal Stable opening your fresh new wrestling show. Like Orange. Yes, Cassidy, I think that's the problem. Star. And like, and immediately when I see those guys, I'm like, I immediately just like, oh, this, I'm gonna watch this, but none of this is important. Like that's no, that- no, and like, like, you know, watching it, and I'm going, oh, this is undeniably um, fun. They are having fun, and look, it went a little too long, and like they do a little too too many uh, gags, right? Well, there's also but like that, that roll up was- they kept using throughout the whole night. You know, they used it. I know, yeah. I know. The Young Bucks match, which I, I'm sorry, that was first hour too, and I didn't. And they, uh, yeah, but but you know that first segment, yeah, it was. It's you go really the the humor, but it did work for the crowd, and so I half accepted it. But no, you should always open with something that legit matters, and this definitely didn't. So yeah, I was I was bummed about that. I thought um, right after that they did the Darby Kushida hype video, and I thought that was really well done. It was cool, uh, but I also was like, huh. I'm like, I love Kushida, man. I thought he had some great match in NXT, and obviously had some great stuff with the Super Juniors in, in New Japan. But I just was like, so you're bringing in another guy that we're only going to see for a week? And- well, the only difference is, you know, leading up to Darby wanting to win the TNT title, the whole thing was like, you know, I want this title back because it's an open, you know, he believes it is like an open challenge title. And so he will be having open challenges and Kushida, you know, took it. I, I get that. I also like the idea of um, the, the, the time splitters, right? Who's that? That's uh, Kushida and, um, and um, why I'm, 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 I'm Alex Shelley. There we go. I was missing his name right now. Um, Alex Shelley and, um, and Chris Saban, right? The Motor City Machine Guns. Well, Alex Shelley and Kushida are a team, but what if the Motor City Machine Guns and Kushida, right? We get a little uh, trios team to fight the the trios team. That would be fun, and then we get an Omega Kushida singles match for the uh, New Japan U.S. title, and that would fucking rule. 
I hate to be the Robert of this podcast, um, but I will say that this felt like, and not just this, this felt like matches just for the sake of happening. Which sure, it did. It did. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. Um, but and that was that was also you know part of the the why couldn't we do a tribute show if all these matches are kind of irrelevant? Um, the the one yeah, there thing really is, only um, two big things that happened storyline wise. And that yeah. was you know, Soraya turned heel and we saw that hangman thing backstage where he kind of explained, you know, like that, that added a new element to their feud, but yeah, he'll be making amends with some people, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So then we'll go to the bucks match, right? I which I love this match. Oh, I, I, okay, yeah. I even, I even wrote this note, which was um, if I was there live, it would be the best tag match I've ever seen live. Um, but we just see a lot of great tag matches on AEW TV. But I thought this was an awesome tag match. But you're just sitting there going, these guys just won the trios titles. Um, you know, their good friend just passed away. And I know, I, you know, I know this match was booked ahead, ahead of time. But um, y- you just go, can you explain why? And And I think one reason you can have the match, right, is it does separate the divisions. And it shows that, you know, just because they're the trios champs, doesn't mean that it, it means that they are. Team. Yeah. It means that they, it, it separates them. You know, it shows that there is a difference between that. If you're focusing on trios, you will be good at trios. If you focus on tag, you will be good at tag. Right. Mm-hmm. It also allows, um, it lets top flight, you know, push their way toward which they're fucking awesome, man. They have not had a bad match. Um, it pushes them towards being able to fight the acclaimed. Right while also not letting the Bucks fight the acclaimed because they're on a losing, you know, they lose the whatever. It also sets up a trios match where Top Flight can team with AR Fox because they've been teaming with him in trios. And as tag, you know, as a tag team, they can go, no, we're justified. We beat, you know, we beat the tag team within your trios. We beat the Bucks so we could have a trios titles match or something. And then they lose it because, again, you're good at tags. You're not good at trios. So it, it makes sense like that. But it's like, why are we doing any of that? That's such like a technically makes sense thing. Why are we not just having storylines and matches with the trios champions and tag chain? You know what I mean? Like, why are we not just keeping that separate? Um, if they explained it more, I would have, I would have been f- fine with it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, it feels like that they're, you know, we complained for a while because they weren't really getting new guys over, you know, and now they're trying to get new guys over, but it, it does feel a little bit flukish for all of them, like Action and Andrade, you know, when, uh, you know, top flight. It just feels like, hey, well, this is crazy. Anything can happen rather than, hey, these are new. These are the new guys. Um, and I maybe, too, it's just because top flights lost a lot. Uh, and, you know, they've had a lot of stops and starts, but. I just wasn't, I think, I think that annoyed me about the work rate of the match is that there would be something that looked amazing, but then like they would do like a kick spot that was like awful and totally off the mark. Um, and I, I just prefer you do less shit if you can't, if it's that sloppy. Um, I wasn't, I, I got to rewatch. I wasn't catching sloppiness. I was like, um, I caught a couple things here and there. I, I but... caught some stutters, you know, but I was, yeah, I was I mean. surprised I at how good, um, how, how good top flight is with, uh, with execution and like nailing a, a, a mark. Well, a very talented team. I just, you know, I just wasn't that big of a fan of the match. Maybe I'm being too hard on it. I don't, I don't and know. then what was after that? It was the uh, acclaimed was that, Bass Boys we, thing? 
there was uh we, we talked about the gun club and acclaimed um i thought that you know i i do think these guys should be working together i think they kind of like they're, they're a natural fit um but i was a little bit confused i just thought like the pacing of the segment was weird and it just you know it just felt like it was like too unproduced that segment like um the family therapy thing was cute yeah i thought you know this is a feud that is fine um it's just another thing where this is it's not the night that i wanted this so like every time someone came out i'd be like oh this isn't someone who has a deep connection with jay briscoe and is about to speak on it you know right um i know i need to get over that uh but i'm about to compliment the hell out of out of some stuff like and and again that bucks um top flight match i thought was 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 unbelievable I didn't, I didn't love it, but maybe maybe I need to rewatch it. And the acclaim, look, they—I mean, they're good. You know, obviously, they're they're fucking great. And uh, and the ass boys are not even close to being bad. I think they are. They are good. Oh, I think they're good. Yeah, yeah, I think they're good. It's just, <laughs> it's just you know, I want I, I want other things. Um, Ricky, you know, like you know, the ass boys—they kind of remind me of. I mean, look, they're not nearly as good of a wrestler. But their function in AEW is like kind of similar to Chad Gable and WWE. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're good. They'll be able to, you know, keep, you know, we can put them kind of in any slot. For sure. Um, Ricky Starks versus Jake Hager. Um, yeah, we got the Hangman promo before that. And I'm yeah, only we got, mentioning oh, okay, it. Yeah, sorry, I'm kind of bouncing I, around. No, that's fine. I only want to I like to the mention... Hangman promo a lot. I, I thought yeah, really I liked how Renee, Renee was really good in it, where they just yeah. started talking to each other, you know? And Renee, even throughout the night, every time she was on, I was like, damn, this is so good. She's doing the exact thing she's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I, I, I thought that that really stuck out. And, you know, I think Hangman's better when he's doing, you know, non-traditional wrestling character stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really, it's different. Obviously, I, I, as soon as you said that, I got to mince and fences. I'm like, I know what the internet wants versus what this actually is, which is him making up with Kenny versus them all making up with CM Punk so we can get that feud. I know, I know. But that's not going to happen anytime soon, but... um. You know, Jake Hager versus Ricky starts. I, I thought this was just kind of a nothing match. Uh, you know, taking the hat was fine. I mean, thing is, people actually like to see Jake in the hat. Yeah, and, I know, dude, but they're, again... And then he was really stupid. And then, but then, like, Ricky looked kind of dumb in that hat. Like, could you just see The Rock doing that? Like, putting on a... Because like, he clearly wants to be The Rock, right? So it's like him putting on a hat in the middle of it, you know, like, I don't know how that helps your, I like, I like the hat part. Um, I don't like the feud. The match was, I thought it was Hager's like best match in forever, but, um, but I don't like the feud for, for Starks. I don't think, uh, I don't think Jericho uh, appreciation society is a great feud for anybody. I mean, really? It, it, and they always, the feud is always backwards. It's like you fought Jericho. And now you have to fight the guys who are less, less than Jericho and his crew. It's um, it's not fun TV. I like I like all of them, but I don't know this 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 ain't it. Yeah, I I, I agree with that for sure. And then there was an Adam Cole uh, video package after this, which I really liked. But again, at the same time, you're like he just returned last week. You're not going to have him. Same. Yeah, I thought it was totally fine. It was like More. a totally fine package, you know. Not, nothing good yeah. or really bad about it. Just yeah, yeah. It was just kind of there. I thought. Um, 
All right. Next, we also should probably talk about the um, backstage, the Sammy Guevara, Danny Garza, Danny Garcia thing. It's just kind of weird. It's like this weird retread because, like, it's like now you had Danny go heel again. So now are you telling the story again where he's maybe a baby face? Um, I don't know. Like, if that was the case, why didn't you just have him go baby face, right? Yeah, it's it's it feels like um they're trying to correct an error, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure they're trying to correct. They're, they're, I, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, it's I, I don't I don't enjoy any of the Jericho Appreciation Society stuff. You know, um I I love the Jericho Andretti thing, and I even liked when Andretti got a fireball in his face, but it's all been uh, not enjoyable since. Well, next up, we had a match that was great, but I thought, I don't understand why they did it, which was Brian Danielson versus Bandito. I thought this was a great match. It was a well-wrestled match. And at the end, and the end of the match, I was like, wow, Bandito's a real babyface, and Brian's pretty heelish. And then MJF comes up, and I'm like, wait, it's Brian versus MJF with Brian as the super babyface. <laughs> like, why did, we, why did we just have this match? Because like, it wasn't just that Brian was like, it wasn't a babyface match. He was acting like a dick in it because he does like, like Brian still has that indie thing, which, you know, where he's like, you know, which is, I, I think in most, in most cases, a good thing to have where, oh, okay, this crowd is treating me like a heel. So I'm going to wrestle like a heel. But then, you know, Bandito loses another match and Bandito will create in this match. And then you have MJF cutting this heel promo, which like the monster behind the mask sort of thing. It just, feels very fop sweat. It's the first, like, I was like, I think this is the worst MJF promo they've had because it was just totally nonspecific. It just felt like such like a filler promo. Um, and he was saying stuff that just wasn't true. You know, like, mm-hmm. he was saying, like people were like, oh, people were on the internet saying I'm not ready for the spot. I'm like, literally no one on the internet is saying that. N- nobody. Um, I guess in ring they are though, right? People are people, people, and they're wrong, but people say that. I think no, people have been saying that the ratings aren't that great. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a little bit of spatter for sure. I thought this, dude, I thought this was the highlight of the week was this Bandito Danielson match. Yeah, I, just I loved it. I, for the I like how Danielson works because he's, he's, he's just a, he's a bad motherfucker. The whole thing is like, I'm going to kick your head in. It's not. It's not a face or a heel. He's he's a fighter who wants to win, and it's about like respect in the in the ring, and you know guys who respect each other will will bloody each other. Is that's, that's totally fine if he wasn't going up against your company's Martin, you know, monster heel, this MJF, to then like you're trying to like you're trying to like put some, you know, you're trying to put some excitement on this feud, and I just don't know where the excitement is right now. Well, okay, so. As of right now, and we're only a few weeks into 2023, but Danielson's match um, with uh, with uh, Takashita, right? Is that how, how do you say his name again? Uh, I think you got it right, Takashita. Uh, I think I said it wrong. Um, but um, No, it's Takashita. Takeshita, right? Takeshita, yeah, Takeshita. Um, his match with Takeshita last week was unbelievable. Um, it was, I think, the most talked about thing from last week's um, Dynamite. And then this match last night was, it's my second favorite match of the year after Osprey Omega as of now. And again, I know it just it just started, but 
what's going to happen? He's going to fight Cage next week, Danielson. It's going to be amazing. And and when a guy when when a guy is put up against opponents and he has matches, it does get boring. And I was not looking forward to this. But what I've realized is when it's Brian Danielson, you start realizing, oh, this guy is having match of the year every week. And now you want him to win that title. And now you, you're excited to see him fight MJF, no matter who he fought to prepare for him. Uh, bottom line is he's having bangers. Um, and that's why he's fighting guys like Bandito. Um, and even Brian Cage. I mean, I wish Robert was here so we could talk about, because I know I don't think he likes Brian Cage that much, but Brian Cage is so damn good in the ring. And, and you better believe that match is going to be nuts. He's, I, I don't love him in the ring, but I, I do love Bandito in the ring. And I thought it was a banger match. I completely agree with you. I just think that like it doesn't really help the feud or MJF's character. That's that. Uh, sure, sure, sure. I, know, I, like, I, 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 do I, I don't think it helps right. MJF's character. Yeah, I think MJF. You know, um, he should have been picking like legit monsters who will cheat, like him, right? Because you want Danielson hurt. Um, you don't want Danielson necessarily having great back and forth matches, but maybe that's what it'll slowly become. You know, we have like a a, a month and some change still. It feels like before this pay per view. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm sure he'll bring in some monsters, and until then, we're getting legitimately, at the very least, matches of the week for the for the next few weeks, and they're coming from Danielson. And Bendito is someone who like they need to use more. He is he is the shit on every level. Uh, he's yeah, so I, I love Bandito. I, mean, I love. He's. I think he needs. He needs a. He needs to like. It's like he would do great with a win over like uh, Moxley or something. You know, like. Yeah, Bandito's. Uh, I always go like if I started a company, he's he's my my first, out like singles guys first five. First five. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got that thing that Ray had where you just automatically root for him. You know, he like, is. Uh, there is that, but there's, man, I mean, I just think the matches are so good. His strength is so unbelievable. And yeah, that, you know, the Ray thing, like the masks, the outfits, they're, who the fuck doesn't want to be Bandito, dude? I wanted to name my puppy Bandita. And he's, <laughs> the guy's barely on TV, you know, but you're, it, it just all works so well. Hangman and Bandito need to, uh, need to be cowboys together. You know, they need to do some cowboy shit. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be a blast. Um, yeah, man. Uh, well, let's move on to the second hour. Second, I hour. guess that was a mix of the second. Well, that hour, was right? a mix. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. But MJF, what did you think of the MJF promo? I just thought it was kind of boring. Uh, I actually, I really liked it. I don't know. I, I, I think he's he's just been doing a, a a good job with the promos. It's just hard when you're champ, um, to he, talk he that shit, you know, because. Villains aren't supposed to be on top. Like I always hate the part of the movie where the villain is like, you know, has full control over Gotham. It's like, oh, this part of the movie isn't fun. Um, I, I mean, that's why Joker works so well, right? It's like he never has full control. It's always like he's always grasping at it, and it's messy and insane. Well, don't tell that um, to Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike is not a Joker fan. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I never like when, you know. Um, when the bad guy has it all. I don't think that's an enjoyable bad guy. A bad guy needs to be desperate, and that's why he's doing the shitty things he's doing. 
And so MJF, you know, that, that I, I've said it before, a, a heel champion needs to be paranoid about still being champion because then there's no sense of I'm on top. There's still that sense of at any moment it could be taken away from me. And that's a good heel because you need to act like a fucking rodent scrounging for food, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, anyway, it's, it's like Flair's <laughs> whole thing was his whole thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, on to the next match, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale, where we get a Soraya heel turn, which I'm like, this should have been a bigger deal than what it was. We saw the promo beforehand, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Is-? Okay, so this is the story that you're telling, is that Britt and Jamie Hayter, Jamie Hader, who everybody cheers, they're your heels, and Sheeta may be turning heel because she threw a kendo stick in the middle of the ring and it wasn't clear who she was throwing it to and then obviously there's some acrimony backstage with Sheeta and Soraya and Tony Storm and now they switch it you know because everybody likes Will Nightingale you know you you have her become the sacrificial lamb and Tony Storm beats her and then you know Soraya and her take the boots now I do think Soraya should be a heel I think she's way better as a heel and she seemed way more comfortable as a heel last night and it was always hard for her to be a heel, I think, in WWE because we knew all this horrible shit she was going through, so you didn't really want to boo her. But now that she's, like, kind of gotten through that to some degree, now you're like, all right, yeah, now I want to see it. And now she's older, so she can, you know, kind of, like, realistically bully some of the younger talent. But I just thought the way they did this was, like, kind of filmed badly, and I just I, – I thought they didn't make, a, make enough of a meal out of it. It just was like I was like this should be a bigger deal than it is. Like this, if 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 Soraya is turning heel, that should be like the top of your nine. You know, maybe that should open the show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like something because that's a big storyline thing. Like Jeff Jarrett missing you with a guitar is not like a big storyline thing. But if you had, you know, Soraya, you know, make the match go even shorter, right? Like. You know, you know, you do well, Nightingale and Tony Storm again. I'm sure they can have a good match. Do it again. Have it go fucking two minutes, and then Soraya comes in, just they start beating the fuck out of her. You know, like and 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 then we see, oh, okay, that all right. Well, these guys are heels. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I just I, I was kind of like this seemed like a squandered opportunity. Yeah, it, it it was that thing where for the last few weeks we've been like, is he a fucking heel? Um. And then they just do it so so quickly in such an odd, uneventful way. It's also what we've wanted, and I also think it's admitting um, sort of a failure on on her debut and and what came after, like those few weeks after. You know that that failed first promo. Um, I'm not knocking her. I'm just saying what happened. You know that first promo wasn't good. Um, she said a few things that made her just come off like a fucking heel by accident. And now they have to make her a heel because she's obviously a better heel. But it's like, what do you do? This person who returned after thinking she could never wrestle again, like she can't return as a heel. And so you have to have her return as a face. And I think it did fail. And now hopefully we could do like proper course correction because, I mean, she makes better heel faces. She looked like a heel last night, you know, Um, she looked the best she's looked just laughing and being angry. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Well, I thought she came. I actually thought she came across really well at the at the media press conference. She came across the best she's had as a 
Ed is a baby face. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that press conference, she did come off great. She did come off great, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, I, you know, Tony does this thing where he's like, okay, he's, he's been a WWE fan forever, right? He's been a wrestling fan forever. So he was like, we were, where we watched somebody in WWE forever. Where we were like, this guy should be a heel. Like Roman should be a heel. Cena, which was actually a smart move on their part, should be a heel. Like, and he's like, well, I never want the audience to get to that point. So as soon as I think like they need a heel turn, I'm just going to give it to them, which yeah, that's a little too much. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, just take your time. Like that could have been done in a way that would that would have like helped Willow out more. And it's know? literally not even, you know, you say take your time and it's like even more than that. Use your time wisely. Use you your could time have made her heal, but it's like, but you but you you didn't use your time properly. You just like you think that people's comments on the internet are like part of the storyline. And so people's discussion about how she could be a better heel. That's not, that's not time dedicated to developing that. That's just like people's takes on the internet. Don't rush it. You know? Yeah. Well, I think he's just, he's, he's, he's got like, um, I don't know. I think he's like, he's like, he's uh, so nervous about, you know, falling into WWE pitfalls that he's not, taking advantage of like some of them like some some things wwe does are not bad they're just timing it so it's like just like like don't go out of your way to not be wwe and because of that have your own problems that's what i'm trying to say you know yeah for sure then we have darby allen versus kushida i kind of expected more from you know what dude this is this was a match i wish i was watching at the fucking tokyo dome which i know we could say that about everything but like the way Darby wrestles is Darby is such a sneakily better wrestler than people think he is. He is, he is not Raven. You know what I mean? He's not a garbage wrestler. He can he can fucking go. Oh, he's fantastic, dude. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's a he's a, he knows how to he knows how to chain wrestle. I saw. Uh, I say it all the time, but I saw Darby versus Penta uh, a few years back, and I didn't know he was a guy who jumped and killed himself. He just had an amazing wrestling match. You know. Yeah. Um he he's awesome. And that was that was 5 years ago now. Wow. Yeah, it's uh it, it, you know, so I I just thought again it's like I, I just kind of wanted to see them like I wanted to see them really wrestle, you know, and mm-hmm. I felt like it was kind of thrown together. Um Yeah, maybe this is one Sting didn't have to come out for too, you know. Like if you have if you have like uh if you have baby faces you know, like babyface manager, they they don't have to come out if it's a babyface match. And I, yeah, yeah, I just thought even okay, even though like work rate work work rate wise, Danielson versus Bandito was um you know I thought leagues better. I thought that they did a better job with this Darby Kushida thing of like two babyfaces, you know, mm-hmm. giving each other props at the end of it. And also, I'm like another roll up. We just had that at the Bucks. That was the Bucks finish. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's the Last Supper is different. Last Supper is super cool. It looks different. I, I love, I love the Last Supper. But I'm like, if you already have a finish kind of like that earlier in the show, like, why would you use it here? Uh, you know, like give them the coffin drop. Fuck it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Who cares. And you know, they close the show um, with Excalibur on commentary, sending his love to uh, to to Jay and his you know family and whatnot. And I I liked that too. But again, it's just I wasn't expecting the show to just end like this. Um, 
I saw the match card, you know, earlier in the week. I think they were, for the most part, all really, really great matches. Two of them, unbelievable. I thought the Bucks match was phenomenal, and I thought the Danielson match was phenomenal. Um, but you're just sitting there scratching your head going, like, please, more acknowledgement of a guy who helped develop, you know, your entire roster's careers, you know, like without – no one on your roster is, is who they are without the Briscoes, you know, outside of like Jericho and stuff. But um, yeah, your company was built on, on guys like the Briscoes and you couldn't even have them in your company because of a lot of what Moxley does is like bad Briscoes, you know, like yeah, it's not good I mean... Briscoes. It's like, I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm a tough guy, you know, that kind of shit, which they yeah, actually yeah. did. I guess they're going to do something for him at Supercard of Honor, too, which is WrestleMania weekend. Um, That'd be great. I mean, I'm sure that yeah, whole yeah. going to be tons. I, I think they did, man. They did mention on NXT. They did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I, that they I, pulled. I, I, they were going to do like a funeral segment on NXT that they pulled because of it, yeah. which, you know, um yeah, man. Well, you know, good. Look, I mean, I I love professional wrestling, and I think that you watch these guys, and 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 they really encapsulated, you know, what a love, what love for professional wrestling is, you know, and not just sports entertainment. So, hopefully, you know, the best that can come from a horrible situation, you know, the kids get taken care of, like you said, and we'll see. But. I mean, obviously, we do high spot, low spot. Obviously, low spot for both of us has got to be, you know, Jay Briscoe passing. Um, but maybe I'll, I'll say, what's your second low spot of the week? But we'll start off a little bit glasses half full. What's your high spot of the week, Scott? Hmm, high spot. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to appreciate the wrestling community coming together, I guess, for a thing like this. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I did really love that Danielson um, – bandito match there was a great osprey interview that renee uh did on her podcast Bret hart is opening a bar in calgary called hitman's bar that's that's a high spot if we talk about that for a little bit yeah let's talk about that so Bret hart it's opening it's going to be called hitman's bar uh next month in calgary um dude this is actually like for wrestling fans it's gonna be huge because he'll be there and he'll talk to you about everything. Like, oh, he, I'm sure. Yeah, he's going to talk to you about fucking all the cool shit. Like, yeah, he's going to be old man Logan at the bar. Like, how does he not? It's going to be amazing. You're going to how are just the outsadding of it all? You know, like come try to outsad Bret Hart as you sit there and you know get into a drunken stupor, and he's still somehow mopier than you. Yeah, because I don't think he's going to get like hammered. You know? I don't think he can get hammered. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Goldberg um, it, it has prevented him from being able to get hammered ever again, you know. Well, but I, I think Goldberg also made it so he slurs his speech a little bit after uh gets a little late. So you think, was... um, you think like when he has problems in his relationship, he also blames it on Goldberg? I could be less selfish, but, you know. <laughs> like I got everything taken away from me. Yeah. Oh, I texted the group. I wrote, uh, sometimes you want to go where everybody passes blame <laughs> and the cursed in Goldberg's name. <laughs> like you gotta be annoyed if you're Goldberg. You're like, dude, you're cool with Vince. 
and he he presided over the murder not the murder but the the death of your brother and like i'm still getting shit like you yeah. forgave him it's but, it's the best we we gotta we got i gotta get to that bar i'm i don't even have a passport and i'm getting a passport just to go to that bar yeah i gotta i, I gotta sit there and have a drink uh tell my problems to uh to, to hit man yeah i'm sure he's not gonna listen i think it's just the coolest thing i also i told mike uh you know, some kid in Calgary prank phone calling him like uh, like Bart to Mo in The Simpsons. <laughs> You're like my dad died, and he's like, "Lucky you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Been around forever for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, look, it it'll be a fun bar. I'm trying to think who would be the worst. I mean, clearly Jake the Snake would run a really pretty rough bar, but um, I'm trying to think who else would be is not the bar type. Um. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. There's bars, and then there's under bridges, you know. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, J- Jake would run the best under bridge. <laughs> it would, he would run the best. But my high spot this week, Scott, has got to be Hulk Hogan, freshly minted Scientologist. It's me, Hulkster, saying of you Thetans, say your prayers to Xenu and don't take <laughs> antidepressants. You're going clear, brother. What you going to do when L. Ron Hubbard rides a spaceship over you? Then he drops the big leg on Shelly Miscavige. This is amazing. He is going to all these Scientology celebrity centers. He's got a apparently like a young new girlfriend who's a Scientologist. She's taking him to all the celebrity centers. He's taking pictures in front of everybody. He went to the Bucks and... Cowboys game on Monday with Tom Cruise. Like, this is legit. Um, I don't know. It's because they couldn't get Will Smith. They're gonna they're gonna settle for Hogan. Um, I guess they don't want Will Smith now, but this is like this makes so much sense. And it may be the first time in history where a celebrity fleeces Scientology and not the other way around. <laughs> oh, yeah. If anybody can do it, it's the it- Hulkster. Yeah, I, I think like he's gonna be the first person to like get out of uh but like if you if you look at everything about Hogan, like you look at Nick Hogan, right? Do you remember that you, you remember that 911 call where like Hogan just accused the kid who was like paralyzed of having bad energy? Yeah, like such a Scientology thing. Such as everything I mean, lying is basically um <laughs> a Scientology thing. Like the amount of lying he does. They probably noticed, you know, that people were talking, you know, there's a website of, of Hulk Hogan's lies. And they were just like, this guy is an elite liar. Um, who better to spread the word of a giant lie? Yeah, man. I mean, he's like that that dude in Congress right now. You know, yeah, He's going to be like, you're not going to believe it, man. In the words of Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also it's like, um, yeah, it's. He's just, it's just him and Scientology. It's like here in AJ, AJ Styles handles snakes. You're like, <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's what they should be doing. Yeah, man. Hubbard mania. Cause it's like, you know, like I could just see him like getting the medals. You know what I mean? Um, here's the thing though. The whole thing about Scientology. I don't know if you read the, uh, the going clear book. It's crazy, but like, you know, they have all these auditing where they essentially record it and they use it to blackmail, you know? But like Hogan's such a liar that they're gonna like try to audit him, and he's gonna like make up traumas that never happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, we know this about you," and then like they're gonna like bring it up, and somebody's gonna be like, "No, that never happened." 
<laughs> it's just so. Has he hung out with Tom Cruise yet? I told you he went on Monday. They went to the Bucks game together. Tom Cruise and Hulk Hogan. Apparently, Hogan and Hogan and Tom Cruise on the, and the MLK Buccaneers Cowboys game. They went to it together. That is so cool. <laughs> like, which just shows you, like, like Tom doesn't really have a lot of friends then, right? If he's like, hey, because it's like you have like literally the biggest movie star on the planet, you know? Uh, yeah, dude. At this point, Hulk Hogan is having like general meetings at VH1 again, you know? <laughs> I, heard so, I heard he's a new face this year. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though. I mean, what a, yeah. There is nothing Hulk Hogan can do for Tom Cruise. No. There's, there's a lot absolutely. Tom Cruise can do for Hogan, obviously. But what the fuck? I don't know what Hogan, Hogan does for Scientology. You know, like, I don't know what... No, what, I mean, the only thing I can I mean, think is, like, he has serious debt, and when you join Scientology, they probably, you know, it's like the mafia or something. They take care of you in certain ways where you don't have to worry about um, certain things, right? I guess, man. I mean, the, the whole situation is just so fascinating to me and so funny, but it is anyone who's like, you know, Dan Soder was a huge Hogan fan. And like I told him and he was like, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Like this guy is this guy. I, I don't know how Scientology didn't go after him in the eighties, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like um, I guess maybe they tried with Cena and rock and that wasn't going to happen. So they're like, all right, let's go down the list. It's got to be great. I might... He's not religious at all, so it's like it's. I guess Hogan's the next one to go to. Will you ever hear Tiffany Haddish talk about joining Sci- Scientology? She joined. No, she almost. They wanted her to join. She was like, oh, uh, she may be coming back now. <laughs> she was broke at the time, you know, like homeless. Yeah. I want to say, and you know, they give you like a place to live and stuff, um, and they'll like really take care of you and and let you figure out your life and 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 get you going. But, you know, she also, like, had to, like, sleep on a bunk bed or something. You yeah, know? nothing in life is fucking free, man. No, no. But, um... Yeah, man, I, w- I would join if I could hang out with, with Tom Cruise. I-, I just saw Top Gun Maverick, and I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, he like, when's the last time Hogan's been in- invited to that big of a football game before? You know? Oh, I know, yeah. it's. I'm sure it's been years. So, well, I can't. I can't wait to see Tom Cruise uh, hanging out with Flavor Flav and other um other celebrity rehab. Uh, yeah, are stars. they just gonna do like Alec Baldwin's gonna be a Scientologist now? <laughs> He's being charged now. You saw that, right? Yes, I saw that. You know, it's it's interesting to see. There's still not enough particulars for me to like be like, oh, this guy's guilty. You know, I mean, obviously he shot her. You know, and she died. But like, as far as like like him whether or not he knew you know or whether or not he was in the wrong um but i mean you know they probably have something or else they wouldn't and i guess you know this isn't a high spot but um vince finally paid off that um that referee right yeah i mean according to wall street journal i mean yeah rita rita chatterton um he accused him of rape in 1986 so last month he he uh there was a multi million dollar settlement deal with uh yeah former referee Rita Chatterton, um and then Robert reached out to us and maybe he mentioned it on his part um that that we'll also be posting, but I I guess this is a way to to further the sale. It's like closing up loose ends and 
in Vince's case, you know, um, you know, tying up uh, some things means handing out millions to, you know, stop uh, rape accusations. So, well, I think, hey, what a, what a, what a yeah, great exactly. company. I think one of the big low spots of this of this whole thing, I mean, you know, obviously the crimes that they were committed, you know, allegedly, whatever, whatever legally we're allowed to say. But I think the the thing now, it's just because Stephanie's gone, like, you know, that Saudi information, that Saudi story was leaked. Right. And then it just kind of and then WWE took it back. Nick Khan took it back. And I think that what like you're going to see is because there's so many different sides to this thing. We're gonna get. We're not gonna know what's real and what's not real until there's a sale, like yeah, which, yeah. which sucks because I have business. You know, I still kind of have business, not with them, but with a product that's you know theirs. Um, and that like we were supposed to get calls started on that soon, and that's completely slowed down. And I and I think that some of that is this. You know, it's just, um, I I think that there's great uncertainty within that company and you know like saying you know oh triple h is the head of creative and then hearing well i'm going to be listening to vince but he's just one voice and you're like come on man that's not (laughs) there's no way that you know like vince is it's vince is not going to be like michael hayes giving you his opinion and then you know like you know take it or leave it you know he's going to be like fucking take it um because he's still your boss right now so yeah, it's uh, I don't know, and it's 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 a strange time for sure. Um, you know, I mean, I, you really can't predict what the hell is. I think the only thing that you could have predicted was Hogan becoming a Scientologist. I think if every other thing we mentioned, like it, it, it's it's like like oh, possible sale of Saudi Arabia. None of that is stuff you can predict. But yeah, Hogan becoming a Scientologist, Bret Hart opening a bar, um. Maybe maybe the checks are going to get cut off when Vince sells. You know, now they now they they realize it. Uh, all of these 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 stars from the '80s are going to be released out into the real world. You know, how many texts do you think Brett's going to send Vince to like tell him to come to the bar? Duggan at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never talked about this on the main show, but Duggan like uh, bought off two home invaders. He fought them all for real. Well, yeah, he pulled a gun on him. He didn't fight him. I mean, he just he just beat cancer, but. Like they, 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 two people broke in his house and he pulled a gun on him and they, the, the cops came and arrested him. Hell yeah. Good for you, Duggan. Hey, oh, that must be crazy to be like, uh, I'm fucking like you, you enter the house and then like you look at the, you look at some of the photos and you're like, wait a minute, is this no, <laughs> this can't be Hacksaw Jim. And then, oh, get hit in the <laughs> Um, all right, so Nick, we didn't do Roast of Mantar this week. We are going to do it on our Patreon. Uh, I figured, like, I was like, going to do it on a regular show. We're moving Nick Gage to the regular show um, because, um, you know, I, I do think more people care about a roast of Nick Gage than, than they do uh, the Roast of Mantar, even though, you know, Mantar is uh, my spirit animal. We're also going to be doing, like, kind of like a like a debate show for Patreon this week. So it's like, you know, like... You know, the whole Hogan versus Cena, CM Punk versus Austin, you know, kind of the Jordan-LeBron debates. We're going to be doing that. And then next Mm -hmm. week, like I said, we're going to have the Nick Gage roast and we're going to preview the Rumble. I also next week will have our schedule for for our Patreon and regular episodes for the next couple months. So a lot of fun stuff going on. Subscribe to our uh, podcast. um, Leave a review on iTunes. Leave five stars. 
I'm doing spots all around New York City. I've got some live stuff coming up next weekend. I'm going to be in Iowa uh, doing some comedy um, at, uh, I believe, the Teehee's Comedy Club in Iowa. All these comedy club names, Teehee. Like, what am I, a little girl laughing right now? What's going on? But I, I'm going to be in Des Moines doing that. And next, next month, I got a lot of one, one-nighters at like New Hope, Pennsylvania and Camden, New Jersey and a few other places. So, oh, Worcester, Mass, I'm going to be at. So, check that out. Scott? Scott? I think Scott just left. I don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared. So check out his other podcast, Out for Smokes, and Scott does stand up all around the city. Until then, folks, in the words of Zach, wash your damn hands. Hope you had fun in Vegas, Zach. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, this is Robert. Sorry, I was not part of the, uh, the the main show this week. I'm sort of tacked on here at the end, wanted to join for a few moments. I'm on a family vacation. Uh, didn't want to miss getting to, to touch on Jay Briscoe. Uh, want to talk a little bit about Dynamite, do my high spot, low spot, uh, and then book it on out of here. Uh, it's going to be weird for some of you who've never listened to me on something to sports entertainment with or or even on the Patreon. Uh, you're not used to hearing me talk without Dan interrupting me. So this is going to be a real treat for for some of you. Uh, I'm joking. Love Dan. I'm sure him and Scott had nothing but nice things to say about me during my uh, my absence during the main show. Um, but first, obviously, the the Jay Briscoe news was shocking it was upsetting it's one of those things where take wrestling out of it take the 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 fandom your your thoughts on him as a a performer anything like that this is still a husband it was still a father it was someone who clearly loved his family put his family first and to see somebody pass in such a a a dramatic shocking way uh, is is really, really upsetting. And maybe it's because I, I have kids of my own and I was texting about this with with Mike. Uh, you just feel it, it's a gut punch when when you see this. And uh, uh, a friend of mine, Dan Bynum, who uh, was a producer, director for, it was director for MLW, used to be a director in World Class in WCW. Uh, he had posted this video on Facebook of Jay Briscoe doing a cheerleading routine with his daughter. And just going all out, uh, no no feeling of shame, no feeling of embarrassment, just loving what he was doing, enjoying being a dad, uh, enjoying the, the smile it put on his daughter's face. And I feel like that speaks to who he is. Uh, I'm sure the guys touched on it during, the, during their, their conversation earlier. Jay Briscoe is a bit of a problematic figure to some because of comments and tweets and and posts he had made uh, over a decade ago. And I think it's one of those situations where if it was how he still truly felt, if there was no contrition, if there was no, you know what, I, I still stand by this. I still think I'm right. This is a different conversation. There, there are people 
in the wrestling industry and the entertainment industry in your life in general who when they when they step out in such a way and they voice those sorts of very hurtful very hateful comments um you don't know how to compartmentalize how to deal with it jay briscoe has spent a lot of the past decade making amends for his views uh specifically as it related to homosexuality and there's no reason to go in and rehash them other than to say when someone has the capacity and the ability to to change and a willingness to to learn to listen to try to improve who they are uh and make those amends that's really important uh you, you can't judge someone based on necessarily where they grew up how they were educated how they were were brought up i i remember when i first went to to college at the university of florida uh it's a, it's a it's an incredible uh school it's one of the top 5 public schools in the country uh but it pulls people from all different walks and and lifestyles and there were a few people i met when i was there i was the first jewish person they had ever met in their entire lives and they had preconceived notions about what that meant uh, and and what they perceived I was going to to be like, uh, one even did ask the 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 horns question, which is something I've talked about with uh, other friends of mine later in life. And it it's nice when you have those opportunities to talk with these people and and educate them and and help them. And Jay Briscoe has had those difficult conversations with other wrestlers. There's wrestlers I know as part of the LGBTQ community who have talked to Jay Briscoe about this. I unfortunately never worked directly uh, with Jay and Mark. They were part of ring of honor during the entire time I was, I was in the wrestling business. So I, I had definitely, I've seen them uh, perform. I've seen them when I went to uh, some ring of honor shows. Uh, I, I had the chance to see them uh, against uh I want to say the name of the group is the Mighty Don't Kneel. It's it's an acronym. I know one of them became Slapjack. Uh, it was a really fun match, and it was indicative of who Jay and Mark Briscoe were in that they could have eaten these kids up, and they didn't. They put on a fun, competitive match, and you're seeing countless tweets, countless posts, countless wrestlers coming out and saying that's who he was. He was a very generous wrestler in the ring he was a guy who kevin owens posted about when they first went to go wrestle uh and he's like let's go out there and you know tear the fucking house down like veterans don't necessarily have to do that veterans don't necessarily have to go out there and make everyone they're with look good and there's a lot of wrestlers who you know them by reputation that that is how they're viewed how they're seen that has never been something that someone has said about uh, Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe is a guy who was a fantastic tag team wrestler. I learned about him uh, watching Ring of Honor from pretty much the infancy of Ring of Honor. When I was in WWE, we would still watch Ring of Honor DVDs that somebody would bring in and we'd watch these Briscoe matches. I uh, would catch a lot of their stuff through the years, even when Ring of Honor was not necessarily must see was not necessarily the same ring of honor it was in say 2005 2006 there were still briscoe brothers matches and briscoe brothers promos that you had to go out of your way to see there was an authenticity to them there was a uniqueness to them when they spoke they felt like nothing you had seen before their matches felt like nothing you had seen before and if they would have been put on a bigger platform 
if they were on a WWE, if they were on uh, an AEW, I think audiences would have immediately embraced them and they would have been huge stars. And while I think that would have ultimately been their goal, I think that Jay was probably extremely happy with what he was able to to do and contribute in Ring of Honor. Uh, they were stalwarts. They built that company. They had incredible matches with just about everyone that came through there. And, and Jay Briscoe was a guy that they were able to trust to be their world champion. And it didn't feel out of place. And I think ultimately the legacy of Jay Briscoe is what you are seeing now online, the outpouring of love and respect that people have for them, uh, for him in this business uh, is a testament to Jay Briscoe. You kind of have to pivot a little bit to talk about what happened with Dynamite, with the, the lack of a proper tribute airing on, on the show. It is – I'm trying to compartmentalize this because I don't want to make this into a oh, Robert attacking Tony Khan or, or, or taking something and trivializing it and taking the, the death of a, a wrestler, death of a person, and making it into uh, petty nonsense. But Warner Discovery essentially did not allow AEW to air a proper tribute to Jay Briscoe. They did not want Jay Briscoe on their TV as a wrestler, which I had been critical of the fact that AEW was putting Jay Briscoe out there and Mark Briscoe to face FTR for the Ring of Honor tag titles and a pay-per-view and couldn't even allow them to be seen on TV. It is a decision that Warner made that Tony Khan was was notified of in terms of not being allowed to use him before. But in this instance, in being able to air a tribute to someone and them saying no is inexcusable. I don't know what those conversations look like. I don't know how hard Tony pushed for it, didn't push for it. I'm sure it was a full-throated request. Uh, that someone ultimately said, you know what, not a good look for us to to do this. Uh, they put the graphic at the beginning of the show. You had the wrestlers wearing armbands. The commentators mentioned him. Tony Khan came out after the show. He he gave a speech. They they did a, a tribute that aired online, but to not air it on Dynamite when Ring of Honor is now part of the AEW universe, uh, when AEW owns all of the footage of Jay Briscoe. And this would have at least been a chance to introduce fans to him and say, here's a guy who was a really incredible in-ring performer. Uh, let's honor that. Let's celebrate that and push the other stuff to the side. It didn't happen. And it's it's hard to watch Dynamite this week. It's hard to think about that and know that it was it was not allowed, and then immediately after this show was over was that slap fight show produced by Dana White, given the actions of Dana White within the last few weeks. We're not talking about decade-old comments that someone has subsequently apologized for. We're talking about uh, a, an individual striking his wife on film and his television product still being allowed to air uh, – it's an ugly situation. It's a harsh situation, and it's hurtful for wrestling fans who want to be able to 
say their their proper goodbye. And that sounds weird. It sounds goofy. But when you're watching these wrestlers, they become more than characters. They become people you do uh, have an attachment to. You have a, a fandom for. It's someone you support. It's someone you want to see succeed. And it's someone who, when they do pass away, you do want that little bit of grief, uh, grieving. You want that uh, chance to cathartically say goodbye. And that was not something that was fully allowed to happen on Dynamite. And and that's a real shame. I'm sure what Tony Khan and, and then produce otherwise and is released online is going to be really well done. Their production uh, over the last several weeks has really stepped up and they will do right by Jay Briscoe. Uh, but yeah, it felt weird with me not being on to be able to kind of talk a little bit about uh, the passing of Jay Briscoe and what his his ultimate legacy was to the business. Uh, since I'm here, since I do have a few minutes, I'm recording this before my family's uh, home to to go on our, our trip to Disney uh, for the weekend. Uh, I did watch Dynamite. Uh, no idea what Scott said. No idea what Dan said. I'm sure Scott thought it was dope. Uh, I'm I'm guessing there were some things that people were going to be critical of. Had Mike been on, I'm sure he would have been talking about the fact that the show opened uh, with a, a segment involving Jeff Jarrett. So they just really don't want Mike to watch their show. Um, but I will uh, I will try to to make this as concise as possible. Uh, give some dynamite thoughts, give some high spot, low spots, and then uh, hit the bricks here. So Dynamite obviously opened with that Orange Cassidy, Jay Lethal, uh, All-Atlantic title. It's an athletic competitive match with two of the right guys. I've been critical of AEW for not putting Orange Cassidy on Dynamite and having him defend the title, and they did it here. Unfortunately, it was kind of buried under well, we got to do a bunch of sports entertainment e stuff in this match with Danhausen as the usher going after the tickets of Sanjay Dutt and Jeff Jarrett and Sutnam Singh, and then best friends coming out there with the popcorn and the beer and all the gaga and all the nonsense. I'm critical of it only in the sense of you can use that kind of sports entertainment stuff when you're trying to cover up a potentially dull match, a, a potentially listless match. Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal can go. The moments where they were wrestling in the ring were were excellent. It was it was competitive. It was fast paced. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I think that uh, part of my my frustration with it is they just don't know what to do with Jarrett. They keep moving him from program to program to program, whether it's with Darby, whether it's with the acclaim, whether it's with orange and he's not improving any of those people. He's not making things better. I get from a backstage perspective, he's going to be able to help them with some live events uh, and, and do what he was sort of doing in some capacity in WWE, what he was doing in some capacity in TNA when you use a, a legend, when you use a star of the past, you're using it to make stuff better. I don't see how he's making anything better here. I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett against Orange Cassidy. I don't want to see a six-man tag with these guys. I just don't want to see Jeff Jarrett on my TV. But Orange Cassidy getting the win over Jay Lethal. Babyface heel match, which is good. It's a little tough when you have Lethal out there with the armband, the first of the night with the Briscoe armband out there, and he's the guy you want to boo as the dastardly heel. It's a little bit of a, a, a tough push and pull. Uh, top Flight and the Young Bucks was obviously fantastic. Hell of a match. 
Great spotlight for those guys. This would have been the match I would have opened the show with. Uh, I would have opened with Top Flight and the Bucks. Obviously, the Young Bucks have a strong emotional connection to the Briscoes, their time in, in Ring of Honor, their time on the Indies. This was a tribute to the Briscoes in the sense of they're wearing the armbands. They did the Doomsday Device. And more importantly, it was a strong competitive match with a young tag team. And they put that tag team over. So big fan of that. Big fan of the situation. Really enjoyed the match. This was one of my favorite Young Bucks matches I've seen in a while because it was a a good action-packed match that wasn't too cutesy, that wasn't too goofy, that didn't have a lot of the over-the-top stuff we've seen in the trios situation. And I think Top Flight, a really special team. I think Dante Martin somewhere down the road is going to be a hell of a star. This was a step in the right direction, uh, which kind of was a nice palate cleanser from the opening segment. And then we got the Gun Club. I like the Gun Club's theme song. I'll say that. I like it. It's goofy. It's 80s. It feels a little NES. Uh, them coming out to call out the acclaimed. I guess we're back to this feud now. They were just feuding with FTR. They did that that funeral segment. I get why you couldn't go back to that. I get, you know, FTR's off TV. We're pivoting. Uh, them interrupting the acclaims. The acclaim can't do their rap. You're trying to take something away from the fans that the fans want. Good heel heat. The brawl and then Billy pulling everyone apart and then saying we're doing family therapy next week. It, 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 zero sense. Just neg- negative sense. Um Billy Gunn and the Gun Club have been separated, and it's been fine having them separated. Billy wanting to focus the acclaimed and say, you're tag champions, you need to act like tag champions, makes you think, all right, let's get these guys in the ring, let's get them in competitive matches. Instead, we're getting a family therapy segment next week. This feels very uh, mid-2010s raw, and that's not a compliment. Uh, Hangman Page and Renee in the back were trying to inject a little bit of realism since, you know, Hangman uh, gave the the worked concussion to Moxley the week before. The idea of Renee communicating that, you know, John said you really pushed him. You really you really moved him forward here. OK, cool. Um, I get we're trying to get these guys to a degree of mutual respect. Maybe they wind up a tag team. We've talked about that before as an option. Uh, then Hangman saying he wants to go mend fences, so I guess he wants to get back together with the Bucks and with Kenny. Pick a lane with Hangman. Let's go with it. I would be fine with the idea of Moxley and Hangman as guys who just begrudgingly respect each other, except that's kind of what the Blackpool Combat Club was all about. That's why Danielson and, and Moxley and, and Claudio were, were getting together. Um, I don't know. It's it's a good use of uh, of Renee here, but we'll we'll see. Uh, Jake Hager took on Ricky Starks. Starks didn't cut a promo, so I'm in favor of that. Starks was the uh, the smaller guy, the more nimble guy. He played that role well in there with Hager. This was a fine match, overbooked a little bit, where you have uh, 2.0 out there to to kind of help. Um, Starks beating Hager makes for an interesting look. The rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society running out after the match to stand in the ring and do the uh, the old Simpson shake harder boy while Ricky walks up the ramp or walks up the into the crowd. They can follow him. There is no floor of lava. This isn't Vince Russo rules. They outnumber him. They could have chased him off. They didn't. Whatever. Uh, match was fine. Uh, Adam Cole video package. 
I like that AEW is doing this. They did this uh, earlier uh, in the show with Kushida introducing who Kushida is. These are things I've always been critical of them uh, before. Happy to see they're making those corrections, those changes now. Reminding you Adam Cole is back. It was a, it was a fresh promo, even though it was pre-taped. Uh, continuing to hype him without actively having him on the show. Uh, thumbs up on that. Uh, Jericho challenging Starks and Action Andretti. The uh, the biggest star in all of professional wrestling action, Andretti, uh, take that Roman Reigns, uh, him and Sammy challenging, and then it turning into well, no, no, it may be uh, Danny Garcia if Danny Garcia can beat Action Andretti, and then they give him new gear. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing there. Um, another like, do we care? It, Danny Garcia and Sammy Guevara seem to be occupying the same space. And Garcia has been less and less interesting the more that he's been involved in this storyline. So I guess we're going to get this tag match next week in some way, shape, or form. And we'll get Danny Garcia in leather pants, which if that appeals to you, uh, more power to you. Uh, Brian Danielson and Bandito had a hell of a match. Uh, this was a blast. This feels like between the Jakeshka match and then the Bandito match that Danielson's just using this uh, stipulation as an excuse to pick guys he wants to work with and just have great matches. And this is the opposite of Jeff Jarrett. Him going in there and having this athletic, competitive, long, well-thought-out match with Bandito only helps Bandito. Yes, Bandito didn't win, but you can win by losing. It, it's it does happen sometimes. Sometimes AEW overdoes that. Sometimes they try to make moments feel too big. But Bandito hanging there with Danielson, showing a ton of charisma. This guy is something special. But it's challenging when the fans are cheering Bandito because the whole idea here is you want to see Brian Danielson get his hands on that dastardly MJF. And if Bandito beats Danielson, then it's Max's plan coming to fruition, which is not what you as a wrestling fan want to see. So it's a little confusing. It feels like people are slightly miscast in this, but I'll take this match. Uh, MJF has his uh, promo on the screen where he talks about how uh, he's going to be removing his mask and revealing the, the darkness underneath him. It, it, Max has been misfiring a lot of late. I don't love seeing this. It's definitely tough. And this is not the story they need to be telling with him and Brian. I'm hoping they, they pull up, hoping they fix this. Uh, but uh, him picking Brian Cage as the next challenger for Danielson uh, is not uh, not making things look brighter. Not making things look better. And if Brian Danielson handpicked Brian Cage, uh, you may want to put Danielson through concussion protocol. Will and Eichengale took on Tony Storm. It was another babyface, babyface match, which I thought was going to feel weird, except this turned into the Tony Storm, uh, Soraya, Soraya heel turn that people were potentially asking for. I get that the not page felt a little bit like a heel with some of her promos and Brit's promos of, Hey, we're the ones who built this place. You can't just come in here and claim it's yours, but her and Tony as heels may be an interesting course correction. I love seeing Ruby uh, Soho being used. I think Willow Nightingale is a, a big time star. Don't know what they're doing with Sheeta. Don't know if this means they're going to panic and think they have to turn Brit Baker baby face, uh, a baby face Brit and a baby face, Adam Cole, could work. 
could not work? Don't know. Um, in, in in all honesty, I I want to see you know Jamie Hader be the one to emerge as the as the strong baby face. Maybe by turning Tony Storm heel, this gives Tony Khan the confidence to uh, let Jamie be a baby face and feel like you have some heel competitors for her in Soraya and in Tony Storm. Uh, Takeshita had a nice little promo in the back. That worked. Cool. Great exposure for him. Main event, Kushida Darby Allen. Another great match. Another baby face, baby face match with Kushida kind of slightly leaning as the heel uh, in it. I like seeing Kushida here. I think he's a great talent. Enjoyed him in NXT. Uh, hope that he uh, he gets a chance to, you know, plow his trade. Uh, as I think he is a a pretty remarkable uh, talent. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge Back to the Future mark. This was everything I wanted to see from Darby. It's Darby in a main event. It's Darby in a main event defending his TNT title. It's Darby wrestling a different style match to 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 meet up with his opponent. Uh, and giving the crowd something to cheer for at the end. So from that perspective, for that match, that's a home run. Let challengers keep running at Darby of different sizes and strengths and all that. Uh, you know, the Danielson Bandito match, Kushida Darby match, and the uh, top flight Young Bucks matches, all fantastic matches in terms of storylines, in terms of moving stuff forward. Nothing really advanced. And it kind of goes into my my high spot, low spot, of the week, um, my high spot was the the Nick Khan uh, podcast interview with Bill Simmons. I think that it was uh, everything that you as a wrestling fan would want to hear. That this guy is uh, he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly savvy. He has an understanding of the business. He has an understanding of Vince. He has an understanding of what the ultimate goals of this company are. Uh, and the, the, the high spot within the high spot was first of all, him calling Tony Khan, the kid was, uh, just a chef's kiss of just being a dick. And I loved it, but his assessment of AEW and his assessment of WWE sounded very similar to what I've been saying for quite a while now, uh, in terms of WWE's overall success and their mainstream appeal. And also in AEW courting five-star matches, and going after that niche audience, but not building a broader uh, competitive show. They, they've sort of been somewhat stagnant in terms of the numbers, uh, sometimes up a little bit, sometimes down a little bit. Whereas WWE is coming up on the highest grossing Royal Rumble they will ever have. Uh, WrestleMania for both nights is almost sold out without announcing a single match. Nick Khan's feeling pretty good. The profits are there. And he pointed out that other damning part about AEW that I always say and that it's easy to run a wrestling company at a loss. We don't know what their their balance sheet is. They may be finding a way to profitability, but when you have someone privately underwriting your uh, your spend, you're not under the same kind of pressure. So you can just put on a bunch of great matches and not really have a lot of great storylines and just hope that the network that's airing you is happy with their numbers and why would TNT not be happy with the numbers that are getting? It's still pulling in a big number, but that was my high spot. Uh, low spot, I think, I mean, obviously, uh, losing Jay Briscoe and calling that a low spot feels like a, a real slight to Jay Briscoe. So uh, I will say the low spot is uh, in in Warner not allowing 
there to be a, a better tribute aired to Jay Briscoe. It felt disrespectful. I didn't love it. Um, but what I did love was getting to come on here at the end, talk a little wrestling with you guys. Love you, Forbidden Dorks. Uh, my plugs, you can follow me on Twitter at WWE underscore ISH. There's the Facebook group. There's the Twitter group. Uh, and uh, until then, best of luck in your future endeavors. <laughs>